0: Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you that are listening today. This is now Friday, May the 29th of 2020, and we have had a tremendous time in the Word. And in the last few days, we have been uh, studying, and, and we've been studying about the trial of our faith. And and so much truth has come, so much teaching that we realize that is that is so needed in this hour. But uh, I've been blessed, and I pray that you have been blessed. We have been blessed in in learning and 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 reminding us what the Word of God says. That that's what we have to do in this hour. We have to look at everything from the lens of what the Spirit is saying through His Word, and, and that's what we want to relate to. So I'm excited. It's Friday. And I know that God has something for us today. I pray that your heart is open. I pray that your spirit is willing to receive what God has. It's always a pleasure to be here with our panel, uh, Brother Fernando, Brother Marty, Brother Jeremiah. It's always good to open the Word of God together. And I know that you're excited. I'm excited. And, uh, Brother Marty, uh, we have had a tremendous time in the Word these last few days on this subject, on the trial of our faith. So I'm going to leave it uh, uh, to you today and uh, to, to share what God has placed
1: in your heart. Amen. It's good to be back again as we uh, approach the weekend. And uh, we have a lot to cover today, and we pray that it will be a blessing to you. Uh, if you have your Bibles today, we're like Brother Jeremy said, we're going on to part three of the trial of your faith. The trial of your faith, and we're we're coming at you from the book of James, chapter 1. Uh, And would you read that to us, uh, Brother Jeremy, in in verse uh, 13 and 14? Could you open us up with that scripture?
0: Yes, yes. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit.
1: Let no man
0: say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his
1: own lust and enticed. Every man is tempted. We've been talking about uh, the trial of our faith. Uh, and, and, and you know, it's almost like the unspoken thing in our generation. It used to be that which the old timers, as they call them, focused, you know, intensively on was, was the walk and the process of the believer and what he actually goes through. You know, there is a struggle and there is a fight that the believer is engaged in. And, uh, you know, once we're born again, by virtue of the Holy Spirit in us, you know, our conscience uh, seems, you know, it it, it awakens and it begins to have a sense of what's right and what's wrong. You know, before we were born again, we basically were, you know, I don't know, in my case, I was a crazy nut party animal kind of dude, right? And I thought nothing of it. You know, I thought absolutely nothing of it. As a matter of fact, I rejoiced in it. I mean, it was one party to the next, you know, one girl to the next, whatever, one rock concert to the next. I mean, that's all I I, I lived for. And I had absolutely no sense that what I was doing was destructive or against the principles and the laws of God. But then one day, thank thank the Lord, I heard the gospel. And yes. in it, the, the Holy Spirit revealed to me my need uh, to be saved, which is the need of all mankind, really. And but once I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into my heart, I, I didn't change overnight. As a matter of fact, um, what what I first noticed, you know, after being born again, was was that I began to to have a sense, a uh, feeling, an awareness of of right and wrong. I mean I couldn't do the things I used to do I couldn't I couldn't participate in some things I could some things I couldn't but some things I suddenly I started feeling feeling weird about it you know like I shouldn't be doing this kind of thing and 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 I began to become aware whether I I couldn't have given you the definition then like I can now but but then I, what I what I know is I began to become aware is it seemed that I became two people it, it felt as if I was two different kind of people uh, you know, existing in the same body. You know, I, I became aware of a dual nature of of myself. I began to, um, y- y- you know, <laughs> become one that that uh, that was either resisting my new self, and and or 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 giving over or staying the same way I was before. I, I was like two people, and 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 I I was aware of a sudden conflict. I don't know how else to say it. I was at odds with myself, yeah. right? I like uh, I think we were talking about this just before we started recording today. Was was we were talking about, you know, the the changing of ourself, and I found that what inside of me there was a desire toward God, yeah. which I hadn't had before, and then on on the other hand, uh, you know, there was a part of me that didn't that didn't want to be controlled. You know, I felt like I was being pulled in a direction of like someone was trying to make me do something. And and I had this incredible struggle on the inside without any definition or defining of what that thing was. What was I feeling? What was I, what was I going through? Why am I all of a sudden, you know, I'm not the same and I didn't understand it. And so we began talking yesterday about this. We began talking about this being part of the trying or the scrutiny of our faith. Because when we begin, when we get born again, the Holy Spirit begins the process of, and and, and before I go on to the process, let's talk about this. You cannot get to where we're talking about and discussing about, which is growth in the Lord, but by one way. And that is a step-by-step process that the Holy Spirit uh, effects in our heart and life as he begins to transform us into the image of Christ. One way or another, he is going to have his way in your life. But the, the problem is is that many in the, in the body of Christ, especially in the modern era, don't understand what it is that they're going through. And if we're not careful and we continue to put aside that inner voice that's trying to lead us in a particular direction of holiness and consecration, that voice will go less and less and less until we're given over to the destructive path that is taking us in a direction that will ultimately lead with despair. And that's when we call out to God and say, God, help me, right? He'll come and help us. But it doesn't have to be that way. We need to understand um, that we are in a fight and we are in a struggle. And to understand our struggle, we have to first acknowledge that we have a struggle (laughs) and that we are in a, right, (laughs) and that we are in a conflict of of souls. You know, it, it, and when we begin to realize this, it's scary, it's frightful. You know, it, it's even hidden at times from those who are around us. We don't want to talk about it. There's a sense that there might be something in me that's pulling me in a direction that I really don't want to go. And and I find myself in this, almost like in the middle of a, of a giant ocean without a life raft and there's no boat in, si- in sight <laughs> and and I'm treading water, man. And the sharks are gathering. I mean, it feels that way sometime. And, and really it's not until we understand this properly and what yeah. it is that's in me and that, and what it is that's pulling on me. It's not until then that, that we'll be able to begin the process of dealing with it because if we ignore it and if we refuse to acknowledge it, uh this is this is then what plunges us into the most miserable of states man it's a state of self deception and and ignoring it or not acknowledging it it won't make it go away now james by the holy spirit he 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 takes us right to the heart of the matter what brother jeremy was reading today he 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 deals with it head on but, but he also begins to reveal to us the victory, and that the victory is found in understanding what the Lord has actually done and is doing in sending the Lord Jesus Christ to us. And what he accomplished through Christ Jesus when he caused us to be born again by our faith in the gospel. And so let's look at what Brother Jeremy wrote, and you guys jump in at any time here. And we're going we're gonna to look at what he said, what, what James said, because the issue and what we're going to get to today is he's trying to cause us to understand, one, why we have a fight, why we struggle, what we need to do to counteract that struggle, and what the end game is all about, the ultimate victory, and how we get there. Because what he's about to tell us is he first begins to address us as to the, the, the core of the problem the kind of brutal honesty where we're talking about yesterday. And he doesn't even try to convince us of it. He just simply goes right to it because he knows that the struggle is common to all men. And what is beautiful to me is that this is James writing this. And so it holds a lot of weight to me. One, because it's scripture, but two, because I know his life and the historical account of how he lived. And what we're told is that this man, James, who was the head of the church, Not Peter. He was the head of the church in Jerusalem. If you remember in the book of Acts, it says when they came and had a meeting, it was James who stood up and was the decider, so to speak. Right? They brought everything to James. But why? Because James was a great man of prayer. And like we talked about yesterday, it is traditionally said that he prayed so much that he literally dug
2: grooves
1: into the limestone of, Mm -hmm. of the courtyards of the temple. He was constantly on his face before God. And and this will come into play in a moment when we discuss this a little further. He begins to say that every man is tempted. So this is not something that only happens to uh you know to to, to, to the to the most holy amongst us. He's basically saying this is a common experience and you need to first understand that that how this happens. And what is the process by what it, uh, by how the enemy comes and begins to, 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 to work on you and to scrutinize you? Cause that's really what the, the word temptation means. We're going to be scrutinized. It is common to our experience. It must come because it, it does two things. One, it reveals to us, uh, where we're actually at. And two, it instructs us how to, uh, to to turn to God if we will, but we'll see that in a second. So what does James say? He says, every man is tempted when? When he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And like we talked about yesterday, the word drawn away literally means he, the process begins by a drawing out. And the idea, mm-hmm. metaphorically, yeah. like we talked about yesterday, is, is, is being lured, like a fisherman who goes to go fishing for, for fish. He brings with him every kind of hook, every kind of piece of bait, or a hunter, the master hunter who knows how to, to, to lure that deer out of the, out of the bushes in the forest, you know, so he can get an open shot at him um to lure the the bait to lure the fish from or the the deer or whatever from from its position of of safety and so the process begins with that and james is revealing this because he wants us to understand how the enemy works now i want people to understand something here if i can communicate it as it as i'm beginning to understand it i want to share something most people, you know, we hear that term, well, the devil came and did this, or the devil was trying to do that. Well, in a sense, yeah, overall, if you want to label the source of all defilement, decay, sin, corruption, yeah, you can lay it at his feet because he's the originator of it. Right. But it's very rare when Satan himself comes to you. <laughs> so, so, uh, so we know from the scripture that that there is a condition of 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 corruption that exists within the the scheme and the whole of creation itself there is the light and there is the darkness and and both are energized and activated by the one who originated it and so the devil himself by his original fall set in motion a whole series of 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 repercussions of that fall that literally corrupted the whole of the material universe and the building blocks of everything that is, and so we find ourselves dealing with a signal if you will it's almost like an antenna and 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 if you tune into the right frequency, you'll pick up the sound of it well when we are when we were uh when before we got born again, we were tuned only to one. Source, and we were able well, only to to right to 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 have filtered into the very psyche of our being uh, a particular direction, and so when James begins to talk about uh, every man is is tempted when he's drawn away, the drawing away process is something that has its origin in the in the planning halls of of darkness there are there are we know from what we were talking about before and i'm not in a hurry here so let's just explore this we know from what we were talking about before in, in ephesians chapter six that paul gives us a list of particular classes of being that were designed or allowed i should say uh or, or are active in bringing down the believer and that's why he talked about wearing the whole armor of god and he gives that list right Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, and and spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, these are all adversaries to our born-again spirit. And so when he talks about the alluring or the hunter or the fisherman drawing a man out, these are things that are set in motion even before we're aware of it. A lot of times when things come upon us it is the result of of, <laughs> of 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 a plan that was enacted well in advance of me even being aware of it strategies Paul called it the wiles of the devil the tactics schemes of the enemy right And so what what we're talking about here is first what James is trying to reveal is to be aware of the fact that activity and plans and designs and purposes of a hostile nature are, are being actuated against you precisely, as he goes on to say, because you're born again and if we can live our lives in such a way as being under the the wet blanket of of uh, of not being aware of these things then then he really doesn't mess with us i mean life itself will get a hold of us and bring us down but but for the believer who is seeking to become what god has made him and presses into a deeper place he will eventually come to the place where he understands this, that the war will not cease until the second coming of the Lord. And that each and every individual has strategies affected against them. And it begins first and foremost with the enemy drawing you out at your weakest points. And James is trying in a very profound way, to reveal to us some very, very deep things as it as it as it uh, concerns our own personal walk. And so he uses that phrase that that the enemy begins to draw out. Remember, before a hunter ever goes into the forest to hunt his prey, he he he, he acquires the clothes he wants to wear. Right? He he chooses and selects the weapon he's going to use. He he gathers his ammo, he tightens everything up the night before, You know, he gets up early, gets dressed. But the whole time he's been planning in his head where he's going to go, what he's looking for, and how he's going to get it, That that prey that he wants. Well, he's using that same kind of information about drawing out so that we will be aware that there is an ongoing preparation already underway. Uh, that is seeking to to come after you and you must first and foremost understand that that is what he's doing the preparation has taken place so when you come up against a temptation or or a struggle in your walk with God it is the direct result of planning that occurred to attack you unbeknownst to you and so he's beginning to let us know that the next thing which is that he comes after that man he tries to draw that man out with his own lust and this is the hardest thing for us to admit to ourselves and again we're only at the beginning of what we're talking about here but but when we get done with the process here we're going to see what james is actually doing by pointing these things out to us is giving us the path to victory Because James spends a considerable amount of time exposing the weakness in our lives and how that weakness abides. And if he can get us to understand first and foremost that we need to understand that we are weak. Because remember when you get saved, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Bible says that the Spirit of God came to live within you. And it's as if the living water was poured on on the stump or the roots of an unregenerate soul. And that living water caused your mind, your soul, your will, your emotions to spring forth at the new life deposited in you. But it begins as a seed. It begins as a newborn baby. That's why the Bible talks about, about statements like, as newborn children desire the sincere milk of the word, they, they, they use that, that those terms to convey to us that we weren't born again full grown, but we were go- born again with the potential to become fully grown. But it's all inherent in the initial deposit of the spirit of Christ within us when we accepted him as Lord and Savior. And this is why we were talking about earlier that when we become born again, we suddenly begin to realize it feels like we're two different people. Because up until that point, we've been dominated and controlled by the vessel that we live in, that is our our fleshly body, which is which is basically a reflection or a piece or a shard, if you will, of an overall large truth, which is the universe itself, which is the substance of which we're made of. was is decaying and is corrupt and is defiled and so he says understand this that that he first and foremost begins to attack you in the thing that belongs to you it is that desire of the flesh and the unregenerate mind um you know for what is forbidden it's the cravings and he says he says that you are tempted when you're drawn away of your own lust. And and that's the hardest thing like we were talking about yesterday for people to, to really come to grips with. Because until we do come to grips with the fact that it is my lust, then I will never have the path of victory even begun in my life. I have to take the honest assessment of myself as I'm led by the Holy Spirit to see it. Because without his spirit, I can't even see it. But when I see it, I must admit to myself and to my Lord, yes, it's there. Because the devil sees it. <laughs> yeah, and and, exactly. and Right? He's been with you all your life until you accepted Jesus, right? And so he knows your weaknesses, right? And it's the hardest thing. And really at the seed of it is pride. Because it's so much easier to admit that. Uh, to not admit that maybe there's something in me that truly at the heart of the matter wanted to to do these things it's almost as if it goes and it hides itself from myself but the devil knows it's there he's the master hunter he's been with you all your life he knows your that is you know the, the 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 demonic powers the evil energy whatever you want to call it it is very familiar with your own individually unique self that is before you were born again and so it approaches you based on that what it's always known about you or the tendencies that you show as james goes on to reveal why we need to be careful about what we say you know be slow to speak he goes on to say there's reasons why and we'll get into that in a second and i know i'm taking a long time here but i i really sense that that this is the key because it's the first thing that he reveals the first thing is the admittance of my weakness, because many, many times uh, you'll hear people say, "Well, the devil made me do this and the devil made me do that." No, he didn't. <laughs> you did this. Right. <laughs> Anybody want to comment on that? Well, the debate. No, absolutely. The, mm-hmm. the,
0: the go ahead, brother Fernando, and I'll, I'll comment right after you.
2: No, I mean we're we're this is so vital to the body of Christ to. Um, especially as the Lord, the coming of the Lord approaches and, and, and how we are to conduct ourselves and possess our vessel, how we, how we are to sanctify ourselves, because he is coming for a church without a spot or wrinkle. Um, we, but we need to identify, and we spoke about this off air after yesterday's program or a podcast, yeah, we need to identify the spiritual components within us. Uh, we know uh, Thessalonians says uh, that we are spirit, soul, body yeah. right? we know that our spirit is redeemed uh, we know that our soul is being transformed our mind is being changed it's it's from its unregenerated uh um uh you know from pl- or place or form or whatever it was before we got saved and it's being changed it, it, yeah. it's, it's a matter of the mind because that's what that's what james spoke about uh there, in chapter one, he said uh, he spoke about a double-minded person. That's a strange, yeah. you know, it's a strange thing to say because it, it goes along with what you're saying. It it it, it almost feels like that, that that duality of natures. It's almost like a split personality, right? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, you have you have you have the, the 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 new nature, and you have the old Adamic nature, right? That is within yeah. us, and, and and that's where it starts. This lust starts in the mind it's in the heart but it, it it's where the enemy's playground is it's the mind it's it's where he attacks that's where warfare takes place um and, and that's what we're talking about i think uh, and, and many people maybe have felt this but they don't know how to explain it you know they want to do good but then yeah. they have they have the 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 vestiges of the old nature still there and it's almost like they're going back and forth back and forth and they don't know who to talk to but they don't know how to explain it. You can't even go to their own pastors. Look, I'm dealing with this because they don't know how to explain it. And maybe they're dealing with it as well. Right. We're all All dealing with the situation. And, and, uh, um, and, and just to help you understand what's going inside of you in Genesis 25, because we're trying to identify these things so that we can grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and the story of, 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 uh, Rebecca, um, and Isaac, um, Rebecca, she's having twins, right? She's having uh, uh, mm. Jacob and Esau. She, she's giving birth to both of them. But then she begins to feel something inside of her taking place. And this is what takes place inside the believer now. In Genesis 25, verse 23 says, And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb. This, this applies spiritually to us. It's speaking of two natures, that duality that you spoke about, Brother Nate, uh, brother Marty. And it says, in two manner of people. Mm-hmm. That's what's at stake here. What yeah. will we apply ourselves to? The new man or the old man? Because the old man is what the devil is coming after. It's what the devil is, is, is trying to feed so you can be drawn out. And and to to your own lust, right? It It says, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy vows. This is what we're trying to do is to, only the word can do that. Only the word can divide soul and spirit, right? Only the word can identify our issue and bring a separation so we can identify what's taking place within our hearts and souls and spirits and say, okay, that's the old nature within me. That I have to crucify, and that's the new nature in Christ Jesus that I have to walk after, right? Okay. And it says, yeah. and the one people shall be stronger than the other, and the elders shall serve the younger. The elder, or the, our first nature, right, the Adamic nature, the Lord says it has to serve or be under subjection of the younger nature or our new nature, Right? And yeah. that's what that's what we're talking about here and we're gonna get into it a little deeper. But but for those that are listening, this is what it feels like. What Rebecca was feeling within her womb. It's really what we feel within our spirit. And this is this is this is the struggle that's taking place. It's really a war. A war that is yeah. taking place within us.
1: That's good. Brother Jeremy, you were gonna say it's-
0: Well, yeah, yeah, that's very powerful, Brother Fernando, uh, What you just mentioned right now. I I did want to bring something out, too, from this verse that that I think is important, What you've been saying, too, Brother Marty, uh, when it speaks about every man is tempted when he is drawn. What it doesn't say is he is drawn away of lust. But James is very specific, and I believe it's the Holy Spirit bringing something and hammering what you're saying. You first must realize that it's your own lust. That's what he says. You're drawn yeah. away of his own lust and enticed. In other words, many times, you know, as you were saying, you know, we, we could just blame the devil, right? <laughs> the devil made me do mm-hmm, it. Yeah. No, the, the devil is just using something that he already knows about you. It's your own lust. It's you know, you're you being enticed. He sword for you to fall on it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. The debate, bait, right? <laughs> the bait to be. In, but I, I just wanted to to point that out because. It's there for a reason. he is drawn away of his own lust. We must yeah. take responsibility first and realize that it's it, it's us, you know. And and until we go over that hump, we're, we're not going to real. We're not going to be able to to experience what we're going to be talking about the victory, right? <laughs> and, yeah. and and that's the beginning. I just wanted to bring that out from that verse. Good. Of what he says.
1: That's good, and and uh, and and and. Yeah, and that adds to what James is saying, right? That's we're trying to like <laughs> describe what it is he's revealing to us by the Spirit, because he talks about his own lust. and we talked about that being, you know, the hardest thing to admit for the individual believer. I know it was for me. I mean, when I got mm-hmm. saved, and the, and then I went in, and I went into uh, seeking the Lord, and then I felt called to the ministry, and I was a young man. You know, and and God began to bless and I began to travel with my wife and children. And, you know, it led us to some pretty amazing places at a very young age. All the while, though, as I as I was growing in my ministry and and being and being uh, invited to different places, there was a horrific awareness in me that I was I was I was struggling with things that I had thought would no longer be part of my life after I got saved and started preaching and singing and doing all those kinds of things. And and it was a it was a frightful thing. And and it was a it was a it was a horrible thing, uh, because it it, it made you feel as if you're living this like we were talking about earlier, this double life. I love the example of the Esau and Jacob thing because that is in essence what you're saying is is what God is saying that the younger will dominate the elder the elder though is that old adamic nature like you said that seeks to bring us down and and impose control upon us right right, right. and if you remember and then the story of esau right what he sold his birthright for a, for a bowl of soup <laughs> i mean so yeah, we, right. we right and we see that, that that that's what the flesh is like it'll it'll it wants to be instantly gratified it wants to mm. instantly uh, satisfy itself and 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 so God is saying that that in the end, when I'm done with you, the the younger or the born again part of you is going to dominate the elder. That is God's desire to bring us into that place where we're able to control those longings, those desires, and those forbidden cravings, because they're there, and they will surface. They will surface. But James reveals to us in a in a, in a few sentences here, and, and I'm going to try and hurry uh, as to as to how we deal with it how we how we deal with it properly now so we know that the hunter comes he tries to draw us out and what he specifically begins to attempt to do is to entice us so that's what he says right he says that every man is tempted when he's drawn away of his own lust we've been talking about that and the second thing is he's enticed and and the word enticed is is the word delecto de or deliso it means to entrap you, to catch you by bait, and, and, and that literally means what we were talking about. The hunter comes prepared, he then examines the prey, right? He tries to figure out the best way to bring him out. You know, and that's why he means by his own lust, he's looking for a way to draw him out from his protective place our own protective place is it is in christ but the enticing yeah. part is is the entrapping part you know because there's something there that that the creature or the animal in our case ourselves uh still wants and and it indicates this relentless attempt at at throwing bait out there and and, and creating scenarios peter called it the manifold temptation or or the every direction that things are coming at me, um, that he's looking for the one thing that can hook me. And if it's there still, he says, he entraps me. He's able to finally get a hold of me and he fishes for us, so to speak, looking for that opening by any means necessary. Now, with that kind of an intense enemy, <laughs> it's really a yeah. tragedy, the kind of, you know, uh, milk uh, toast preaching that we get in the pulpits today because first and foremost we don't even tell people you've got a responsibility to do something and so right. they're just slaughtered right and so they go in other they don't even know that they're up under a complete bondage when they go to their christian psychologist or their psychoanalyst or they take their you know their medication for their anxiety or their or they're bipolar disease, or, or they go to AA because you know they're, they're looking for other sources to help them with the very thing that the Bible should be helping them with. But they're never even right. told that. Okay, man, you're in a, you're in this fight, and you've got this aggressive enemy, and the first thing he's going to do is come after every single thing in you to keep you from becoming what God has wanted you to be. And so James right. James is, James is intrigued by that. And, yes. and it's through it's through prayer and through seeking God that our brother James discovered these things for us that sound so simple to us now, two thousand years later. Oh well, that's obvious. Well, it wasn't and then.
2: Yeah.
1: Know, so, so but anyway. So he says, "Look, but he, the Marty, he, yeah, you know, uh,
0: I I wrote a word down that you said that that really pierced me to understand as you were giving the introduction. You said the attacks of the enemy, to paraphrase." They're hostile towards us. It's not somebody that, Satan has not come against you to play jacks with you, to play handball with you. <laughs> right. they're, they're hostile. Hostile. And, and when you study that word hostile, it means to antagonize. It, mm-hmm. it means to be aggressive, to be mm-hmm. confrontational, to be belligerent. That's the way the enemy comes against us. And, and and what you're saying when I, we we take it so lightly? Do you really think with the messages and the gospel that is being preached, we're prepared to fight a devil that is hostile against us? No way, no mm-hmm. way. We're playing patty cake at church. We're we're, we're declaring yeah. to each other, right. you're a champion, you're a winner, a wiener, a winer, whatever you want to call it. And 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 <laughs> what? You're just playing patty cake. The devil is just laughing.
2: Let yeah. me tell you.
0: When the Bible says the devil comes to kill, steal and destroy, this is a very serious, serious and thing that we must we must not take lightly. He is hostile. Especially you that have been saved. Especially you that, that you're a child of God. He is he, his his attacks against you are hostile. Yes. Yeah. You know, and, and we must understand it and because then we can understand how to fight an enemy, you know, or else we, you can quote scripture all you want, you can ask somebody to pray and cast the, the devil of alcohol, it ain't going to work, until that person comes to the realization of his fallenness, of his sin, of his situation, and acknowledge and then understand that the only one who can bring him out is Jesus Christ, but that 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 was that stood out to me that word hostile that you use in the way the enemy comes against the belief
1: and, and that's right you know that's the intent it's the destruction of a threat now let's 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 just explore that for a second because and this is not easy to be understood by the by the uh <laughs> you know the half in half out lukewarm kind of person but but the hostile intent we have to ask the question. It, if that's so and and obviously it is because of the words he's using here i mean what's up with all that man i mean i ain't i ain't trying to <laughs> fight the devil it, it, but he's right. trying to kill me <laughs> right right, right. So, so he's like what's up with that you know and, and and really it comes down to he didn't he wasn't messing with you before not really mm. i mean he 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 gives you what you want and ultimately carries you to hell but but once you got born again what he is after is the spirit of Christ in you? He's trying to kill Jesus all over again. It is in his nature. It's his aggressive nature. That that's why when Jesus went out into the wilderness, who shows up? You know, it wasn't like the colonel in the demonic army that showed up or it was the devil himself. himself and, and right. he and he and he went to try and, and thwart Jesus' ministry even <laughs> even when he was a baby right i mean herod sends all them people to go kill the baby jesus right they're trying to kill the baby jesus. he's been trying to kill him ever since but it, it shows in a, in a metaphor how that when christ is born you know in you just like when he was born in the natural from mary instantly the aggression begins to try and kill him why because he is a threat and an ultimate uh <clears throat> symbol of his of his his own finality and eventual demise. And this is a conflict that has been going on, a hostile conflict that has been going on since the original fall, which he instituted in the congregation of the sides of the north. You can read it in Isaiah 14. So he's trying to get us, that is a brother James by the Holy Spirit, to understand that the nature of the conflict that we experience is far much more uh, expansive and broad than 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 simply trying to get me to sin, and he's trying to get me to understand what it is uh, that he's attempting to do by causing me to sin, and 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 it, and and it's it's connected to a much larger eternal truth, which is his ultimate destruction. Every single believer, he said, every man is tested. And he says, and it first begins by the hunting process, but th- but it's but it's it's intent, it's hostile nature. Like Brother Jeremy was saying, is it, it's drawn to you because of the one who lives in you. He could care less about you, seriously. And that's why right. you know these these preachers who have failed in our generation. And, and God have mercy on my soul. I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to pick on nobody, but when you hear from them and you hear them tell you, "The devil, you know, or I had such this, you know, God was using me so great that I was targeted by the – you have not even begun to understand uh, why you failed. If you think you're so doggone Hello. special, right, that that that, <laughs> <laughs> that Satan himself had to come and come after you, you are so far from what James is talking about here. Because you still have yet to understand you went down because you did, whether you'll admit it to yourself or not, you did. Right. There was still stuff in you that you right. never got rid of, right? You didn't get right. rid of it. And, and 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 then you'd have to throw out every, you know, all these other scriptures that imply to us that with the temptation, trial, or test, God will always make a way of escape. Paul said there is no temptation, trial, or test. That has taken you or come against you but such as is common to man you ain't some special thing everybody goes through this he's saying but such as is common to man but god will with that testing trial and temptation make a way of escape so that you can bear it and that escape route will come in many different ways and whether you chose to listen to the voices that god sent to you or the opportunities that God gave you all along the way before you uh, actually fell is between you and God. But don't come up in front of the body of Christ and try and tell them
2: that you did everything
1: you knew how to do. Because you're lying. Because that's not what the Bible says.
2: You're calling and then, God to and work. Then, Go ahead, brother. And then blame the very weapons and resources God has given us to fight against sin yes. as though they didn't work. Prayer and reading the word. I mean, think about that. How yeah, devastating right. that is to the believer. If They hear a prayer and as much as you pray and as much as you read the word, that's not going to help you over sin and, and so forth and so on. It's like, well, well wait a minute. Well, we just took it, taking weapons away from the believers against the enemy, and they're <laughs> more helpless and hopeless than they've ever been. And it's contrary right. to what James is teaching here. Absolutely, yeah, which is why contrary. they don't. Which is why
1: many don't like James, <laughs> because right. because because he calls them on the cart and carpet and says you got responsibility in this matter. You know, you can't blame God for all this. He said, don't let anyone say well, when he's tempted, God did it to him or allowed it. He said, this is because yeah. of what's in you. And and until you understand what's in you, he says, you're never going to have the, even the beginning process of the victory. So he says, understand, you're drawn away of your own lust, you're entrapped, you're enticed. It's as if he's been fishing for you, and by any means necessary, he finally found the place in you. And then he goes on to say, then, when that's done, that enticement literally means he caught you and entrapped you. By then it's too late because you're caught. It's kind of like the animal in the forest, right? He gets his leg caught in the trap. You know, he can't get away. You know, And the hunter comes and finishes him off. That's kind of what James is saying. You got caught. Because you weren't discerning enough to recognize. And then he says in verse 15, he says, Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And sin, when it has finished, it brings forth death. In other words, he's saying after you've yielded, then after you've been caught and you have you were drawn out, you were caught, you were ensnared. This is, I want to stop here for a second. And this is going to help That's somebody. Because listen. This is, most, this is the most intricate part of, of, of what he's saying as he's revealing to this point. Because most sin or the action of sin or the actual outworking of doing what you know you shouldn't do, it was determined long before it was seen. And what mm-hmm. I mean by that is that the enemy is very, very uh, stealthy if you will, he can tell that his demonic power and the influences that are designed to bring you down, the soldiers of the dark side, whether you'll acknowledge it or not, are working overtime to bring you and me down. But when you see someone fall or when you fail, if you will be uh, honest about it, what James is revealing here is that the choice and the decision began long before you ever actually did it. And everything up until that point was simply uh, the exercise of a losing cause because you already determined it in your heart, whether it's a week from now, six months from Uh, now, or a year from now, (laughs) right? It manifested, it manifested. It it simply bore fruit, right? That's what he said. Yes. It it conceived. Lust conceived. Go ahead, brother.
0: Wow. Now, that's powerful because when you speak about conceiving, you, you speak about a union between a man and a woman, right? That's right. That's uh, exactly obviously right. Obviously, the, 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 the woman is, is the carrier, but the man has the seed. And that, what I'm trying to tell you, to speak to you in plain language, it takes two to tangle. So yeah. to for people and preachers to stand up there and say, you know, the devil, you know, I'm sorry, you know, I know I'm not perfect, but but to, you know, to, to not admit that, see, that's the hardest part. I'm going to speak for myself. You know, in the dark times that have come to my life, in my Christian walk, the hardest thing has been to admit I did it because I wanted to, you know, and and, and yeah. that's a hard place yeah. to to come to. But man, let me tell you something. You that are listening, when you get there, you feel free. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because that's when your eyes are open and you begin to understand, man, you know, <laughs> that, 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 what's in, what's really inside of me. And so to just blame the devil and say, well, this woman, no, 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 it takes two to tangle. It, it was, you had a part, you are revealing what's already, as you're saying, Brother Marty, what's already been in your heart, whether it was a week, it's not just something that just happens overnight, you know, no. It's something that's been brewing inside of you. It is just now being manifest manifested
1: in yeah. your life, yes, and it's very descriptive language. you know what you're saying that 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 conceiving the remember the lust is 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 your own, right so it, right. It, it's, right It's been drawn out, it's been hunted. The preparation well in advance of the hunt is now being enacted, and and the weakness was found the the enticing. The fishing for it brought it out of the position of protective safety. See, the wisdom of God is this: as James goes on to and, explain, and
2: you provided you provided the womb, yes, for the seed to be planted.
1: Absolutely, and this is, but yet this yes. is the wisdom of God. See, because you belong to Him, and that's what James is going to go on to say to encourage us: is to understand what is absolutely actually happening. He says you belong to him. So even though the enemy will come and find weakness, how you respond to it, even after your failures, is vital and key to your victory and it being removed from you. So he will use what the enemy meant for harm, for good, but not unless you first begin the basic process of admitting, oh, my God. I've got to admit to myself I'm just a dog man. I mean, I'm just, it's still there. You know? so, so, so so the process is luring that weakness out of you and then it it's engaged in this supernatural thing. And 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 this flurry of activity in the unseen recesses of our being. And it, and it uses that very descriptive language of a, of a conception. And and the lust itself becomes conceived. And that literally means when it in, engages now in this intimate passion of darkness within the unseen psyche and the private domain of your hidden self, he says, you become seized or captured. You become taken prisoner. And it, and its ultimate design is to make you a permanent prisoner to that secret thing, whatever oh, yeah. it may be. It could be it could be a bunch of things, uh-huh. right? but that's what he's saying. And so he's using this kind of language to scare the daylights out of us. You know, yeah. he wants to shock us. This ain't just some little trip, right? Some little. You know, God, I blew it again. God, forgive me. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Amen. And next Saturday night, I'll be doing the same thing, right? But, you know, what I mean, that's, he said, no, 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 no. This is designed to take you permanently captive forever. And he says, once that and not conception...
2: Just that, and not just that, Brother Marty, it gives us insight into what we know, but aren't willing to admit is taking place within us, and it's dark. It's
1: very it's, much so. It's,
2: it's 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 very simple. It's dark. It's but he's bringing it. He's bringing it to the light. Yeah, you know, he's saying don't hide this. You can't even pray right. to God, and you're hiding these things. You're, you're gonna yeah. be a double-minded person. So admit right. it. Mm-hmm. Admit you're going through these things. That's what uh, we spoke about Jacob and Esau earlier. His, Jacob's very name meant what he was. Right, he was a trickster, and until mm-hmm. he admitted what he was. Mm-hmm. This name wasn't going to be changed. That's
3: good. Right. Yeah. You know?
2: right. And that's, mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's what we're talking about, you know, because why, why are we talking about this? Because we have in the modern day church teachings that relax this warfare as though it's just something, you know, Oh, you're dealing with sin. It's Okay. The blood of Jesus will cover it. And, <laughs> and, you know, or I, or you don't, you don't know any better. You just do certain things because, you know, uh, you, you're praying too much, and your dependence is on that, or or you 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 read the Bible too much, and your dependence on that. It's like whoa, 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 whoa. that's contrary to what Scripture is saying. Absolutely, you know, Paul it said, oh, wretched man that I am, yeah, who, amen. Yes. who shall deliver me from the body of this death?"
3: <laughs> right, but thank right? God.
2: <laughs> right. right, amen, yes,
3: right, so, yes.
1: so, so that's what he's saying. I'm captured. I'm taken prisoner lust is conceived and the design is to make me a permanent prisoner to this thing and he says when that happens he says it brings forth it begins to produce or manifest on the outside all of this that we're speaking of is internal right right it's internal it's the internal struggle of the believer it's the dual nature we were talking about that James is revealing at a very deep level here uh, how the process happens, and by revealing how the process happens, it gives us insight in how to prevent it from happening. Yeah. And so he says it brings forth sin, and 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 the word that he uses there is not just an offense, but you know, or a sin uh, in its simplest form. But what it does is it 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 removes our share. This is literally what it means, to remove our share in the things that pertain to the peace of God or the Holy Spirit of God. And so he's literally what, what it produces in you is a disconnection between you and the Spirit. And that's why people live in this tremendously uh, agonizing state. They love God, but they're bound by this. Um, they love God, but they have no peace because every time, because they're a prisoner to it. You remember what it talked about, the man from Gadara? It talks about how the devil would catch him, right? And 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 then yes. Paul, talks, Paul talks to Timothy where he says they are taken captive uh, by the devil at his will. Why? Because of the things that yet reside that haven't been confessed or haven't been let go of. And James begins to reveal to us how to do that. He first exposes us to the fact we better see what's there and understand why it becomes such a dangerous thing and what the enemy and the powers of darkness in the individual believer's life attempts to do by bringing it out of us. Because one way or another, What has happened and what we need to understand is Paul said, you used to be of them, but now you're not of them. You used to walk in the course of this world. You used to be filled with the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. Understand individual beings on this planet are giving expression to will and to purpose. So it's either going to be the will of the Father in heaven and the Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit, or you're going to be expressing in the material world the will of a fallen preacher. And the vessel created in the image of God is the target. And so this is why he has to work in a different way in the life of the believer. Because you are born again, but he's lost his right to express himself through you. And so he comes Mm -hmm. to entice you. By that which belongs to you still. And if he can get that, then he's got you. And now the offense has caused the spirit of God to withdraw himself from you because God cannot abide sin. And so you end up in this unpeaceful way, anxious way, troubled way. This, this horrible sense of being neither the devil nor God's. You're in the most isolated of positions and he says when sin is finished and that word when it is finished right uh it literally means to when it it will be completely spread into a full expression mm-hmm. you know and, and this is its goal because it literally means separation from the whole and from and it destroys our union and our fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And then he says, then the the ultimate result is it brings forth death. And and that's really really incredible because that's what we're talking about. It's a complete separation from life. It's the misery. Right. Uh, it, it, it literally means you have you begin to have this sense of being in, enveloped by darkness.
2: It's <laughs> crazy. And and you know what, brother Marty, a, a culture has been developed at, you know, and I'm talking about uh, at the higher levels of ministry, preachers. Yes. yes. Where we have embraced and accepted that they are going to fall morally, and it happens like all the time. Not yeah. once, multiple times, and and we just say, well, you know, he went, you know, they'll go before the crowd, they sin. And they say, you know, uh, the Lord, I the Lord for forgiveness. He's restored my marriage, and and let's keep preaching. Right. But 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 what you're bringing forth, which is so powerful, is is when when the when the lust is manifested or conceived. It it again. I want the listener to really pay attention. Is that when someone sins, not because they didn't know or it was just a moment, a split decision moment and they just sinned it's not what the bible says it means that there's a period of time where that sin is cultivated and this is what we see is the manifestation of of these moral failures um, in the body of christ so again these are things that preachers we're designing in their own heart, and that's hard for for the people, right, to really believe. But that's exactly what James is saying. Yeah, but, right. So we, we've relaxed our message because well, we're allowing the flesh uh, and, and the lust thereof to take us to places that we really want to.
1: Yes, and 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 it's cultivated out of pre-existing seed. That's what he's trying to say. It's your lust. It's it's still there. It's dwelling in you. It's, it, it, it is that which he goes after. And that's what we were talking about is that he doesn't attack you when you're not saved. He comes right. after you after you're saved because you've become a threat. And you've become actually yeah. a container of the light of God. It attracts attention in the unseen exactly. world. It, exactly. It that's threat. powerful.
3: That, that's
1: wow. so true. Wow. Well, Jeremiah, what were you th- Jeremiah, tell us what you're thinking on that.
3: I, I was just going to add. Um, I actually remember a couple of weeks ago, I was actually talking to Fernando, and he he mentioned something. We were talking about sin, and he said sin is is like a so a slow suicide. And and what <laughs> yeah. you guys are saying is it, so true because, like James tells us, when every man is tempted. He's drawn away because of his own lust, right? And the yeah. Bible tells us in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, it, it says a, a good man brings up out of the good things that is stored in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart for the mouth speaks of what the heart is full of. And I think a lot of preachers today shy away from this because at the end of the day, it has to do with the heart condition. Because our hearts are desperately wicked. And and when we're led away by our own lust, it's because we haven't surrendered certain areas in our life to God. And I feel Mm -hmm. like as James keeps going on in the first chapter, he begins to explain that the trying of your faith, those trials and those temptations come to prove what's in your heart. So that way the Lord can know it and that can show you. So you can be like, hey, I need to change, you know, and I need to to get right. And that's what (laughs) temptation and trial should do. And, and really, it's a, and he gives a warning to those who don't realize that, who don't come to that realization, because yeah. a lot of people think, right. you know, it's the devil. The devil's just trying to test me and tempt me. And it is at the end of it. But most of the time, it's because you want to do it. And it's because you're led away by your own lust. And once yeah. you realize that, then your prayer now changes to Lord, help me to realize what's in my heart and change what it is you need to change. And I think you know, I think it goes really well with what you've been talking about that the trying of the faith works out patience. It proves things in your heart. It, proves, it shows who you really are. And um, you know, I think that's that's just something powerful that we can reflect on as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Marty, yeah.
1: You know, the
0: the, the 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 modern day church, well let's say okay, not the modern day church, but those who especially who the who preach the cross, the the grace message, they'll tell you this. They say, well, Jesus already paid it all, so there's nothing that you have to do, right? Jesus already <laughs> paid it all. His forgiveness, that should be enough. Well, wait a minute. Yes, Jesus already pay, paid it all. But we're talking about believers having a mindset, right, of of these things. You, I don't know if I'm saying it correctly, but but it, it's it's not just, okay, he did it all. Well, but you have to understand that and, and begin... Your mindset has to change and understand who you really are, right and yes. and what you're really capable of, because that's the way they'll, they'll sweep it under what well, Jesus paid it all. There's nothing that we have to do but
1: but James
0: is talking here saying something totally different about the process of understanding what's really inside of you
1: yeah and and thats that's a good that's a really good point. and the
2: cross the cross should really lead us to inspect why it took him to down on the cross and <laughs> inspect our own hearts <laughs> right yeah that's good so.
1: yeah and and what you guys are saying is, is, is so important what you said brother jeremy there is it's really uh you know so that you can understand i struggle with the words because many people um i know don't pray and i know they don't read the word i'm not condemning anyone i'm just saying that i've been there man or you rely upon past efforts in your walk with god or or the accumulated knowledge over a, a series of years of, of spiritual understanding but you've let off or you let off in your pursuit of god and, and and suddenly it becomes a religious exercise rather than than the privileged relational exercise and 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 devotion to god that should be as Brother Fernando said, cultivated within the heart of the believer, as the Holy Spirit uh, begins to to work that in you, and how He yes. does that is what what Fernando said, which is is by prayer and the Word, right? It's if you're not praying, yes. like Brother Prash says, he says, look, praying is you talking to God. The Word of God is God talking back to you, and the Spirit Jesus told us in John chapter six uh, is found in His Word. He said, my 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 words, they are spirit. Spirit. And so the spirit and the word working together within us on a daily basis, and and in and as he grows uh, by the gift of God in you, the ability to seek him, because he'll he'll continually add to you a a uh, a flow of, of of his spirit within you that that allows you to begin to pursue God at at, at deeper levels, and it's in those searchings for God and crying out to God and hearing from God by his word that the holy spirit takes us into deeper um places of examination by the spirit when the devil examines you what he tries to do is get you to break fellowship with the spirit when the spirit examines you what he tries to get to do is bring you closer to God and to conform you to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ and this is a struggle and so This is why we come to this place, this place of trying to describe these deeper levels of understanding because they can only be revealed by the spirit, comparing spiritual things to spiritual, as Paul said, and it is a reserved mystery or an initiation into the deeper things of God that are not dealt out as if they're coupons at the grocery store. They are acquired by diligent seeking and the reward is, is the peace meal information of the revelation of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And this is rarefied air, unfortunately, for most believers today because they haven't even been inspired enough or brought to places of understanding enough where they could even begin to crave for that kind of spiritual reality in who they are and what they are in Christ. And so that's what you're talking about. When we understand it from that perspective, when we dig deeper into the places of the realm of the Spirit, <laughs> He begins to transform you. He begins to, by the very fact that you're in His presence, I give Moses as an example. When he, when he was in the presence of God for 40 days and 40 nights, when he came back down off the mountain, he wasn't even aware of the transformation of his face. He was glowing with the glory of God. He was so uh, saturated by the presence of God that it affected his, even his flesh so that he glowed and the people couldn't even look on him. He had to put a veil over his face, which is for another moment. But, but the principle is the same, that continual uh, dwelling and abiding, as Jesus said it, in him and what? My words abide in you. You know, It, it is then that we bear much fruit, and that fruit remains to the glory of our Father. And so James says the initial process, and the reason that you're in these in these conflicts of soul is because you're still down here at this level, and there are things in you that you must be constantly working on and doing away with, in order to make room and to and to knock out walls of rebellion in your own life, uh, so that it can be remodeled and, and and inhabited fully by the Holy Spirit. And so he says that's why he he then transitions after verse 14 where he talks about it brings forth death or a cutting off of the life flow of, of of god himself he says do not err in verse 16 my beloved brethren so first he 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 he, he calls us beloved brethren which is a comforting thing because you can also be be enticed or, or, or be uh, tactically removed from a place of, of, of hopeful expectation of recovering yourself if you feel like you're, you're not in fellowship with God. And that's why James reiterates and calls us his beloved brothers, because he understands the struggle. He understands what we go through. And in so writing, he's expressing the heart and the love and the grace of God toward us as he nurtures us and takes us by the hand and walks us in these initial steps into the beginning process of maturing into the image of his dear son. And that's why he says, don't err. He begins to reveal to us. He begins to show us the, the way out. He begins to use these particular words. He says, so first, understand the word err means what you need to do is do not roam from your position of safety. Don't wander or be out of the way. Don't be led aside from the path of virtue. Now, if you're focusing just on that, you don't have time to have idle moments in your own thought processes that become the snares by which that fishing hook is trying to latch on to the mental processes of your spiritual meditation. And I know that's fancy words for a lot of you out there, but if you'll take the time to think about them, you'll begin to understand the process that James is trying to reveal here. He talks about a mental strain. That's literally what it means. Don't roam. It's the focus of the mind. It's what Jeremiah talked about yesterday when he said, um, "Be when he quoted from Paul in chapter 12 of Romans, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And this is what James is saying when he when he's talking about err or or don't err He's, he's referring to your mental component your soul your mind your will your emotions because you're made up of all three your soul the individual uniqueness of of personality that is different than every other human being on the face of the planet because god uniquely made you so and he says it's in that component the soul part that has come alive by the interjection of that perfect gift from on high, the Lord Jesus Christ, who has come to live within your heart and caused you to come alive, to even become aware to these things that we're discussing today so that you can begin to, to deal with them. He says, don't roam from that safety. Don't allow your mind to stray. Become proficient in reining it in. It's right. a mental strain. It's a tactic of the enemy. It's the same tactic that he used in the garden when, when he told Eve. What did he do? He came at her mind. Has God really said, You shall not eat of every tree of the fruit of the right? You know, has he said? It's that it's that component where he begins to cause you to stray. And James takes you all the way back to the garden so that you know the source of this and and and, and the serious nature of the adversary that we face and all his hordes and minions so he says don't err, brothers understand that the path to your victory begins in the mind and if you're focused on staying on the path of virtue on the way the truth and the life you're beginning to develop and gird up the loins of your mind like like the apostle peter told us you know what this is really requiring this requires that we understand you know what's revealed by the holy spirit it's an intricate deconstruction of your thoughts and of the motive of the process of your meditation, what you focus on. That's why you hear David saying stuff in the Psalms like, thy word, thy precepts have been what? My meditation. How? All the day long. <laughs> right? I mean, you're, you're talking about something. He's not just saying that because he's poetically in love with God. He's saying what God has done to him. And, and where he's allowed God to bring him to and and the necessary um, uh, protective covering Paul refers it to uh, to us as the helmet of salvation the helmet of salvation the protective covering of the mind and the deeper parts of that undefinable thing we call consciousness uniquely so to each individual because it's it's we're all different we're all different Precious, purchased, beloved brethren in the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, <laughs> are you guys there? <laughs>
0: the Apostle Paul would tell Timothy, you know, what you were talking about, do not err. He would tell him in Second 2 Timothy 2:4, 2, no man that warred entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Hmm. Why? That he may please him who had chosen him to be a soldier. So like like you said, if we spend time with God, <laughs> you don't have time to be roaming around, you know, you know, and other things that are gonna entangle you. You know? And, and we must be a brother Jeremy, bottom. isn't
1: know, when you said that spend time with God, and isn't that the issue really when we when we when we you know get rid of all this religious facade and all these doctrinal, you know, concepts and all this stuff uh, th- yeah. th- what people think about spending time with God is right. like oh man you know I haven't read my Bible today. <laughs> good luck <laughs> okay, <laughs> right, to <the> right. <laughs> because if you don't know yeah. there's something wrong with that which all of us have been guilty of then you're in deep trouble you know once you have begun to allow the Spirit of God to reveal to you the preciousness yeah. Of being reconnected with your father in heaven once you come alive and 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 are aware of his existence then it's that precious gift of of being with him that becomes like what david said you know as the deer pants after the water so my soul longeth after thee you know you know I, i i i i esteem thy word thy law more than my necessary food these are components and qualities of development of an eternal nature and an understanding that is at such a depth that it produces a hunger and and suddenly you'll find your spirit taking charge of you and your mind yielding to its 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 longing to stay in the presence of God and and, and so and so let's hurry here so James now tells us so turn your mind to understand something about yourself. And and, and what is that? What we have actually received. Because he wants us to understand something in verse 17. He says, every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. And it comes down from the Father of lights, with whom it is no variableness nor shadow of turning. He's trying to cause us to reflect on that other part of us now. What it is, he calls it the Father of lights, and it's come down from him. He's saying that God, he wants you to know, has put within you a good gift. In other words, that which has been given you, it's twofold. It's a good gift, and it's a perfect gift. It's a good gift because it was given to you by God. That is your new spirit. That that is what has been deposited in you as a result of what Christ did for you, On Calvary and what God did for Christ in raising him from the dead causing him to become Mm -hmm. right the 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 first fruits and the beginning of, of a new creation and and that by the belief of the gospel that's what Jesus was telling Nicodemus he said you must be born from above that's what James is referring to here is that God has given you a good gift it's good It's not something to be lamented because you never had any problems until you got saved. (laughs) He's saying what you've been given is good. It's come down from the Father and it's perfect. What he means by that is the you is complete. It's a perfect gift. It's complete, but it's a seed. But what he's revealing there is that inherent in the power of our born-again spirit is that it has the power in itself to bring us to a wholeness of being that's what he means by perfect gift it has in it the component that can bring you to a complete completely dominated by the spirit of god being spirit soul and body and it's from above and we're probably overkilling people right now but yeah we're always done, so it's like it's it's vital that we understand what he goes on to say. It's a perfect gift, and it's from above. it's from a higher place, it's from heaven, it's from the highest realm and so he's saying that we have to allow this to grow. we have to understand the right and correct perspective as to where it came from. How can you deal? With <laughs> what you have to deal with, without these kinds of understandings, we have to understand the origin of our new nature, of our of our born again spirit, and we have to become familiar with our true self, because our true mm-hmm. self is that which is uh, the spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ in us, merged. Like Fernando was quoting yesterday, the engrafted word is merged in us. We we've become meshed together with the spirit of the living God attaching itself to my soul, which caused it to become alive. The Lord's spirit has merged with our soul and our soul is, is me, mine. I, you know, it's, it's the me, it's the unique personality. It is what I am. And he's saying, understand that that came from a different realm. And the hardest thing for because we're talking deep stuff here, man. So, like, the hardest thing for so many people to do is to detach from the common reality of all we've ever known. We had a beginning. where We're slaves to time and space. We live most of our life apart from God until we get saved in a completely different direction and completely blinded to the awe-inspiring truth that we have we have been brought into being. By a creator. And he wanted us to be. And so he's saying, understand it comes down from the father of light. Understand that the quality of light is our father, is the Lord Jesus in us. It's, it's our God's character. It's his strength in us by his Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. He's come to live with you and has made you alive. You were dead in trespasses and sins. That is your soul. It died the moment that Adam and Eve ate the fruit, to make it simple. It died. But so powerful was the creation of every soul de- deposited into the one Adam at the beginning. He withheld spirit and created an individually unique character called mind, will, and emotions in the very DNA and gene pool of the original man. And he protected us in a way, knowing from the foundation of the world that the Lamb of God had been slain, and this was an ongoing conflict that was going to be worked out. But he deposited us into the material universe in order to protect us until that far-flung moment in the future when he would send the Word of God and wrap him in human flesh, and his name was Jesus. And that when he did what the Father sent him to do and the Father rose him from the dead and seated him at his right hand, he sent the Holy Spirit to us so that wherever a believer would hear the gospel and the good news of our salvation, boom, the Spirit would enter you and you'd become born again. and that deposit of the light the father of light from heaven now like water on your dead soul caused you to come alive and yet remain intact in the unique personality qualities that you possess and identify as me myself and i when you look in the mirror Mm. that's heavy stuff Mm. i know
2: Mm. (laughs) And, and then
1: he goes on to say understand your father in heaven he doesn't have any variableness And he has no shadow of turning. The word variable means no orbit. (laughs) He's using celestial terms. He has no variable. He he, he doesn't orbit around you like a planet. There is no movement. Once he came to you, he's fixed. He's constant. And he's ever-present to assist you to walk away from all this madness that's been plaguing you your whole life. And there's no shadow of turning in him. It literally means what he means by that is unlike the planetary bodies that you see revolving around the sun which move in a circle like the earth rotates and all the planets rotate he says god don't rotate in other words he's never going to turn his back on you he faces you continually so that he can assist you and bring you out and so we find comfort in this right In verse 18, he goes on to say, James further reveals a profound and easily missed, it's missed, you know, uh, the depth of of what he's instructing us now in verse 18. Understand, he says, uh, of his own will, of his own will in verse 18, he begot us. In other words, his intended purpose was to deliberately uh, create you. (laughs) He wanted us to be. It's always been and always has been his intent his eternal purpose to make children and how he did it is so fantastic and he wants us to understand that because he's leading us out into a much higher understanding a consciousness of the eternal in order to deal with with the temporary uh you know aggravation of what begins the process in our life Those weaknesses and things. And and he's saying, and it is with this affectionate desire that he loves you and he loves me. And how has he done this? He says, with the word of truth. This is what Fernando was quoting yesterday, right? With the word of truth, he's done this. That is through the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the word. He's the truth. And it's to the intent, he goes on to say, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures, verse 18. And that is so powerful because he says, This is why you're being resisted. This is why you, you go through what you go through. He says, You are meant to be an offering, not a dead offering, but a living sacrifice, like Jeremiah read yesterday. What he's saying, yes. the first fruits, is that you are the first of a new creation.
0: Hallelujah. And, and,
1: And you're being offered as a sacrifice from the new creation. The creation itself is continually expanding this new heaven, this new earth, this new place that he's making. He says, you're the first. And because of that, the body of Christ belongs to God as a sacrifice. It's as if this whole new expression of the divine counsel of the determinate will of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, collectively so, has created a new reality which is being reserved for his children. Jesus described it as the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And he says, now my church is that, is that tithe of the new creation if you will, he, you are his, you belong to his, and you're being offered to him by the very act of my obedience to him, which produced you, you're a consecrated, separated thing unto God forever, that's what he means, and you're a kind of first fruits of his creature, the word uh, creatures literally means the original formation, he's not talking about the formation of of, of, of the past heavens and earth. He's talking about the original formation that Jesus has done when God raised him from the dead. That's a new formation. It's an original. And it means that we are of Christ. We are a new beginning and a new fabricated thing. This is why we are so different than the angels, because we're not made of the substance of the first creation. We are made and have become the first and original class of creature the sons of God untouchable uh-huh. because of Thank what God. Jesus has done <laughs> And because God. of that because of that because of that James goes on to say uh, be swift be, be be swift to hear man you know With all that in mind, he says he reveals our tactical response. When that grows in you, what we've been talking about to this point, when that grows in us, when that becomes more real than my necessary breath, when I understand it and continually have it moved and revealed to me by the Spirit, I become tactical in how I now begin to respond to my old man the way that I was. And he begins to reveal to me how I win. With all this in in mind, he says, be swift to hear. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. Listen to what his voice tells you. He says, be slow to speak. In other words, don't utter your thoughts about everything. This is high-level tactical warfare because, remember, we're being observed we're a threat. So the enemy seeks tactical advantage over you. And that's why he says, be slow to speak because every word, every idle word shall be brought into scrutiny, into judgment, everything that we do say, where we go, what we look at, you know, what we hum in the shower. I don't know, man, whatever it may be. He's saying he's trying to use it to get a tactical advantage against us. So be very slow to speak. In other words, don't uh, you know? show your cards. Become aware of it from an eternal, everlasting perspective so that tactically you can respond to him and understand and take control of how this war is going to be waged. And then he says... <laughs> He says, be slow to wrath. And oh, I wish we could dig into this, but we're running out of time. He says, here's here's the depth of walk, this slow to wrath. He's literally referring to the violent passions of your mind. It is the soul apart from the Holy Spirit. It is that agitation that you feel when you're being tempted. And he's revealing to us that that you have to be slow to wrath. In other words, don't try and deal with it with your own understanding. Because that's another tactic. He tries to get, okay, we know we don't need to do this. So we get agitated in mind and we respond to it by mental process alone apart from the spirit. That's what Moses did, remember? He allowed the enemy to carry him over to a place of agitation to where he responded. And instead of speaking to the rock, he hit the rock twice, right? And it cost him his promised land. And this is what James is kind of referring to. When you deal with yourself, he says, don't be quick to try and deal with yourself in a way that is simply um, uh, done out of, out of a mental process alone. Be slow to, to, to respond that way, but instead respond to the maturing information that you've been able to receive as you've yielded to the Holy Spirit. And so James is revealing this incredible truth as we develop. Literally what he's saying is that your mind will attempt to quickly and aggressively exercise punishment upon your own temptation. But he says this is a trap, so be slow. In other words, be be inactive and dull in your mind. Here's the developed saint. This is what we've been talking about. He awaits the voice of the Spirit, and in response... He responds how the Spirit teaches him, and he's able to reign in the mind. We need to learn how to reign in the mind to the obedience of Christ. Because otherwise, verse 20, he says, your wrath, you know, it's a good thing you've become aware of this weakness in you, he says. But if you try to deal with it with your own mental capacities apart from the Word and the Spirit, you do not work the righteousness of God. In other words, God will not be flourishing in you then. It's a reactionary response rather than a spiritual response. And he's trying to get us to react by the spirit, like brother Fernando talked about earlier, Jacob dominating Esau, not Esau dominating Jacob. But James says, however, here's what you must do. And this is what he says. Here's the victory verse 21. He says, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. What does he mean by that? In other words, put away, lay it apart, put away everything. That, that that can hurt you and what this means what he's literally saying here's the victory he says this is anticipation he's saying before you get to this place anticipate what is in you and the bad things that you know that are obvious to you he says this is anticipatory get rid of what we know is a snare if you have a hard time um, dealing with lust, uh, especially young men, right? I mean, young men are that way, and even old, dirty old men, I guess, right? But <laughs> they have a hard time dealing with yeah. lust. He's basically saying, well, 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 then don't go to, you know, turn on the TV and and watch the swimsuit edition, you know, of the Sports Illustrated. I don't know what, man. I'm dating myself now. But he says, don't don't put yourself in that in that place. He says, you know, you, you that's a bad place for you. He says, so before the enemy comes and and even uses that bait on you, get rid of it in advance make no provision for the flesh give no place to the devil so he's literally saying your victory lies in 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 what you should be busy busy doing even before you're tempted because if you get rid of it there is no place of weakness when you grow and mature in Christ that he can find in you any longer and you'll be able to say like the Lord he cometh but he finds no place in me when he comes let us hope that all he finds is jesus man amen it's pro it's proactive and it will limit the enemy's options at getting to you that's why he says lay it aside now now that you understand all this lay aside all filthiness that literally means what will dishonor or defile you morally a moral failure a defiling failure. He says, You you begin to put that away in anticipation of the coming attack. And superfluity. That literally means the abundance of the leftovers of my former life. We got a lot of baggage, right? <laughs> he says, get to work. Start getting rid of it. Call, you know, one eight hundred junk. And they'll come, the angels will show up with the junk truck and take it away, man, the Holy Spirit will take it away, <laughs> so, you know, he says, get rid of that, that, that that abundance of the leftovers, and you know what it is, uh, of naughtiness, that literally means that which, uh, which uh, did not uh, feel bad about breaking God's laws, man, I mean, get rid of all those things, all that depravity, that badness, which you should obviously know, because it's your own lust, right, he says, go to work on it, and the Spirit will help you, and And in place of this, he says, like Brother Fernando quoted the other day, he says, receive with meekness, that is humility, uh, and take hold, take hold of, in humility, the implanted word. Take hold of that new you, the seed of Christ that was deposited in us when we accepted him as our Lord and Savior. He says, you lay hold of that, that word. The engrafted word the logos the divine expression the lord jesus christ because he is able that that thing that's been deposited in you which is created after the image and likeness of christ it is that power in you that has made it possible through him to save your soul that is deliver protect and and bring intact the essence of your uniqueness who you are will be ensured that it makes it all the way home And that's what James is saying. There is victory, but there's process. And it all begins with understanding that the brutal honesty that we must have in ourselves will lead us ultimately, when the Holy Spirit is done with us, to heights that we never dreamed possible, destinies that are far beyond human vocabulary to describe, and to a likeness that is the greatest of all likenesses the image of our father's only begotten son, our Lord, our savior, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. Can you say amen?
0: Amen.
3: Amen.
2: Praise the Lord. This is is true uh, sanctification, right? This is the process. uh, Amen. To be separated uh, to the holiness of the Lord. Not easy. No one said it was going to be easy. You're right, it ain't easy, but it's, <laughs> it's, but it's but possible. Is, yes, it's obedience, and you have yeah. the grace of God. You have his power and his might to overcome and to and to present yourself. Uh, there goes another responsibility, right? You have to present yourself um, as dead unto sin, right, and alive unto God. It's yeah. daily, it's daily, so praise God for that.
1: Glory
0: to God. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. What a way to, to end it, right, brothers? On this Amen. Friday, much to chew on and meditate. And uh, this is so needed. You know, even myself taking notes over here. <laughs> <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Try, trying to understand, you know. Uh, I'll leave you with this as we go in the weekend. There was a, I won't say his name, there's a famous gospel singer who who admitted, you know, he said, I, I, I dealt with, with some issues in my life. And um, he said, one day I, I went to go sing to a church and one of the the mothers of the church <laughs> called me and, and beckoned me to her and, and she she grabbed me and began to pray for me. And I was impacted. He said, Lord, she knew what I had dealt with. He said, hmm. remove even the residue out of him.
1: Oh, what a prayer.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> she, she, said, she said, she she began to rock me and shake me and said, Lord, remove the residue. <laughs> Sometimes uh, we forget to deal with the residue, right? <laughs> yeah. We want every inch of our bodies to be sanctified and pure before wow. the Lord. Yes, Lord. May yes. the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May you have a wonderful weekend with your family. May you meditate on these things. Don't give up. God is not done with you. God bless you. Keep looking up.